0: the number one mistake agents make is they're not consistent. But once they get a consistent workflow, the number two mistake they make is they're not persistent. Like they make their calls, but they're just hoping to get off the phone. It's at the first sign of resistance, they just like, oh, thank you. If you ever need me, like, you know, the best compliment I can receive is refer your friends and family as they're like hanging up the phone. So I think if you're willing to be consistent, that's great. You must be persistent. Like you must be that person that pushes through rejection, if you really want to build a career out of this thing.
1: Welcome back, real estate rock stars. I am Shelby Johnson, and today I am here with Joe Herrera and listeners. This one is for you. If you are interested in lead generation and conversion, which is literally all of you, I'm a hundred percent sure. So Joe generates more than 10,000 leads annually with his expertise being in that he knows exactly what to say to convert them. Joe is out of Las Vegas and he has been an agent since 2002. And this year his team is on track to close, you know, a casual 700 transactions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you. I'm excited to be here.
1: Oh, I'm so excited. Okay. First, before we jump in, uh, can you give us some context, like context on how you became this expert, who you are, some background, please?
0: Yeah. So I've been in real estate for 20, 22 years. I got in when I was 21 years old. I didn't want to go the college route. I knew I wanted to create a lot of income for my family. Um, And so real estate was the path I chose. So we've done a little bit of everything. We were Remax agents for the first ten years of our career. Um, obviously, the recession hit like five years into my uh, real estate career, and so we we got into short sales. We got into doing REOs. We got into loan modification companies, and through that all got really burnt out. And in 2010, we opened up a brokerage that we ended up selling in 2012. I pretty much stepped away from the industry while my business partner kept running our team and I launched a mobile application. I had an idea for an app. Instagram had just been acquired by Facebook. And so I was like, let's create a, a, a mashup between Instagram and Ticketmaster. So it was like an event discovery engine. Um, we were partnered with some odd, like Shaquille O'Neal was one of our partners. It was amazing we failed, we raised a million dollars, we lost it. It was like the hardest thing I've ever been through in business. But through it all we learned the power of social media. And so when I got back into the team full time in 2014-15, I was Taylor and I had a really good heart to heart. You know, he, he and I are 50-50 business partners and it's kind of like man, if we're going to do this, we got to do it differently. And so we were always lead independence people like that. We, we always declared ourselves independent of Zillow or Realtor.com or any of those. And, and no knock against them. It's just I don't like my business model being held hostage by somebody in Seattle or whatever. So we just started applying the, the, the social media principles we learned from running a social media company into our real estate business. And it just started to kind of... Take off, you know, really quickly. We saw problem number one could be solved, which was finding people to sell houses to. Now, the last seven, eight, nine years of doing this, we're still trying to figure out all the other problems, which is getting the agents to work the leads and getting them to work the way they say they're going to work and all that fun stuff. But that's kind of us in a nutshell. Is at the core of who we are. We're we're really good lead generation team. Like we're, I would say, probably the best at self self-created legion, gen and then you know we're still trying to figure out everything else
1: for sure especially since everything is always changing and adapting and adjusting 100 uh,
0: percent yeah
1: so cool that you um adapted when things in the market early chain you know changed and then also really cool that you recognized with your burnout when you came back to do it again it's like hey everything on the table heart to heart have to do it differently mm-hmm. this time I'm um, curious. So, so 2014 to go big into social media, like it feels like, you know, not the very beginning of the push, but like definitely early on in the social media game. And so, what right now, when you guys are getting these 10,000 leads annually, that is purely from social media as in Instagram? Is it all the platforms or what does that look like?
0: So, it's primarily Facebook. Um, what's been funny is through the years of Facebook's marketing engine, Um, agents are always trying to outthink the algorithms. They're always trying to be smarter than the technology. We've always been very vanilla. Like, um, every once in a while I'll have an agent hit me up and say like, Hey, I'm in Bentonville, Arkansas, and I want to market to the wives of Walmart executives who also enjoy yoga. And I'm like, bro, I am not your person like that. That's just not my thing. So for us, Facebook has just been a constant, um, we just know our, our, our ROI. Like, I know if we spend $1,000 on Facebook, we are going to generate $10,000 in income. Like, it's just, uh, it's, it's not, there's no mystery around it. People get frustrated because Facebook isn't free. People get frustrated because they can't segment down to just bowlers who, you know, who, who a- attend the specific bowling night every Thursday or whatever. So they get frustrated and they, they and they abandon the, uh, the ecosystem. So, like, if you look in the history of Facebook marketing and advertising, like we've been a constant voice. Like, we're we're crushing it. And there's been people who've tried it, and people who've abandoned it, and people who tried it, people who abandoned it. But for us, it's always the exact same thing. Um, so we've done some Instagram. Uh, Instagram is good. It's a little bit harder because you don't have the virality with Instagram that you have with Facebook. Like, if you, and we could dig deeper into it. But if you spend hundred dollars on Facebook, it's not just the hundred dollars worth of people you paid to reach, it's all of their friends when they interact with your content. Instagram doesn't do the same thing. There's a little bit more now with suggested feeds and things like that. But for the most part, your Facebook feed is curated content from the things that the people that either you have shown interest in or the people you follow show interest in or your friends. Instagram's different. Uh, Twitter is a complete waste of time. We've messed with it. It's just not and maybe there's somebody out there crushing Twitter. I don't know who they are. LinkedIn is not, I mean, it's a rabbit hole that I've tried to talk myself into going down numerous times. And it just, if somebody can show me how to make money off of LinkedIn, like I would love to hear it from, from a consumer standpoint, I think with agent attraction, LinkedIn has some teeth, but as far as consumers, I I don't think it's there. So for me, it has been since 2014 and will be until something significantly changes, primarily Facebook.
1: Okay, can you take us through exactly what that means when you say primarily through Facebook? Because you mentioned $1,000 a month. So like you're doing ads that say, in like, can you, details?
0: Okay, cool. So very simple. Every consumer knows if they want to find the LP mama, the like location, price, amenities, all that stuff, they know they could go to Zillow. So the thing that Zillow has done very well is they've gotten us as real estate professionals to play their game, which is we try to make a career for ourselves in finding people a home for sale. I think that that's a loser's game. Like I think finding a client and finding a house is a very ineffective and almost sheepish way to practice real estate. So in marketing and advertising, specifically when it comes to social media, Hope, H-O-P-E, is more important than home, H-O-M-E. It's it's two different things. So when you look at what we do, you'll notice very specifically on our on our Joe Taylor Group Facebook page, you will see a recognition that the, the top three clicked-upon images on the Internet, undisputed number one is attractive people. Like, attractive people are the number one clicked-upon thing on the Internet. Number two and three are somewhat debatable. I believe it's attractive pictures of housing. So kitchens, backyards, whatever it is. And then there could be a significant argument that it's food. Like those are the things that when people are going down their feed, it's like, wow, look at that kitchen or like, wow, look at that grilled cheese sandwich. So it's what I've done, yeah, Gilding. what I've done. Yeah. So because I don't have number one working for my advantage, like if I was a significantly attractive person, if I was Chris Hemsworth, I would just take pictures of myself with my shirt off in front of a house but it doesn't work then i'd get two of the three maybe holding a grilled cheese sandwich and i'd have all three um so recognizing that people will click on attractive pictures of properties so we start there and then we also recognize that if in our ad copy we tell them the price of the property or the location of the property they will disqualify themselves so think of it this way if you're Waiting in line to pick up your kids from school, and you're scrolling through Facebook, and you see a house that causes you to stop. It's all about that moment of stoppage. And when that house causes you to stop, you see it's 1.2 million dollars, and you know your budget's 900. You're just going to keep scrolling. If you don't see a price there, but you're really attracted to the pictures of the house, it may cause you to reach out to the individual that posted that and say, like, "Hey, just out of curiosity." How much is this thing? And so that is, for the most part, the principle that we've relied on for the last nine years. So you're like, you'll like you never see price. The other thing you'll never see is location. And some people would say, well, like, are you actually serving the consumer by, by not telling them exactly how much or where it is? I would say 100%. Because the number of people who have told us, like in Las Vegas, I want to live on the west side, that end up buying on the east side. And the number of people who have told us, my max budget's four hundred and fifty, who end up spending five hundred and seventy-five, like, I mean, we all have those stories. And so what we try to do is allow ourselves to be the salespeople that if somebody reaches out and says, well, how much is this property? We go, oh, it's actually, it's, it's $750,000. You're like, dang it, my max budget's six seventy-five. Thanks for your time. We're like, well, hold on a second. We may know something they don't know, which is like the seller's significantly motivated. So now all of a sudden we may be able to get a deal put together at 695 that's a little bit above where they wanted to go, but significantly below where the seller's currently marketing themselves. And so it's like what we've done is bring the salesmanship back into the salespersonship, I should say, back into the process of selling a home rather than just saying, here's a really cool house for a million dollars. So hope is our product, not homes.
1: real quick. As you likely know, the 2024 Real Estate Rockstars Mastermind is sold out. But if one of your preferred vendors is looking for marketing opportunities, we are looking for sponsors. We would love to get their name and business out to 80 highly motivated real estate agents from across the country. Know someone who'd be interested? Go to realestaterockstarsnetwork.com and shoot us a quick email for more information. Thanks so much. Back to the show. Okay. So to bring it back. So step one would be you either have a beautiful listing, beautiful photos, or you've talked to another agent and asked if you could market on their behalf. And you have these gorgeous photos and you're niching, at least mostly niching down on Facebook and you're taking these photos and you are creating a paid ad to push those. Okay. And I'm sure, like, I don't, we don't have to go super, super into the the weeds with that, but within Facebook, if you don't know how to find the paid ad area, they can probably just Google it. Um, <laughs> are, are you, like you said, a thousand dollars equals 10,000 in return, right? So right. are you putting, how many, how many homes are you pushing? Are you pushing one for a thousand or are you pushing a thousand for one? What does that look like?
0: Right, right, right. So we do it depends on the market so I get even geekier to where i'm I'm a I'm a big believer in the monthly opportunity will equal your annual production if you're a full-time practicing real estate agent meaning if an agent joins my team and their goal is to close 30 transactions a year, I need to be providing them with 30 opportunities per month. So the amount of money I spend is largely dependent upon the need of the team that i'm servicing so like we do this for 15 different teams across the country and it's all based on hey we have four agents and they're part-time so we need to give them 20 leads a piece so that's 80 leads a month so then we'll just spend the amount of money be it on one ad or five ads or whatever to generate 80 opportunities 80 people who give us their name email address phone number and say hey i'm curious about the property so for us once we get it like our Vegas based team, our monthly lead requirement is close to eight hundred eight hundred uh, opportunities. Wow. So in a given day, we may be able to create fifty. So you know that would be um, sixteen different ads we would run throughout the month, so three or four a week, different generally different properties. Um, we always skew a little bit above market average. So like if I was in Atlanta and the market average was five seventy five, we would probably advertise a lot of seven to nine hundred thousand dollars properties. Smart. Um, because we, you know, we, we're not a, a, credit repair, down payment assistance. Like those are really easy leads to create really hard to convert. We want, I, our, our ideal avatar is the individual who is currently in the, in living in the market, 60% of them also have a home they need to sell. And so they're a move up buyer. That's kind of the avatar that, that we look for. So how many ads we run is largely dependent upon just the need of our team.
1: Okay. So what should someone expect when they start running an ad?
0: So beginning with the end in mind, a a really great agent is going to get 5% conversion over time. An average agent is going to get 3%. Where it really looks bad is when you get an uncommitted or unskilled agent working leads. They're going to close 0%. So one thing to keep in mind is when you're advertising this way on social media, you're, you're getting reactive inquiries. So these are people who see something and react to it. Very different than a Google ad or a Zillow lead where somebody is more proactively searching. So I would say one thing to expect is the nurture time may be a little bit longer than like a Google come list me <laughs> make inquiry that day. Um, what we're doing is we're hopping in line ahead of a, a Zillow search. So, our goal is to, to never let them get onto Zillow. Um, so, number one, expect a little bit longer nurture time. Um, number two, expect a lot of hate on your page, like become very comfortable with banning people. I don't, I bet our banned people list, we have 2 million people in Las Vegas. We probably have banned 2,000 people through the last nine years because It's just a very simple thing for us. We're like, if people go on our, on our Facebook page and make a bunch of noise and complain a lot, we just, we just ban them from our page. Um, And so expect a little bit of hate. Um, Your listings are probably not good enough. Probably not. And so you would ask like testing the market. You just don't know what people are going to react to, right? Like I know what makes the phone ring in Vegas. But in Oklahoma City, we we had to kind of learn that we had to test some ads and, like in Vegas, a one-story home on a big lot with a pool and RV parking crushes it. But in Oklahoma City, everybody has lots and everybody has acreage and every so it may it may be a basement, it may be a storm shelter. Like who knows what's going to make people uh, click the button? And so there is that that testing period. So you got to expect that you're going to run some duds. You're going to um, you're going to run some homes that don't do well. Every once in a while, my team will come to me and like, man, Facebook's just not hitting. And my answer to them is always the exact same. You're just not running good enough properties. Mm. And then they find a really good property and it absolutely, like the one I saw we put on last night on Instagram organically, like 40 minutes into the post, I had like 50 likes. So Mm. that tells me that house is going to absolutely crush it. Right Where they posted other homes and and 12 hours into the, there's like 14 likes that tells me the home will not crush it so i think ultimately you also have to expect that the market is going to decide you can't like every once in a while someone will hear this and inevitably someone will dm me and go hey i wanted to pick your brain on your facebook stuff and i'm like absolutely let's do it and they're like hey i've got this listing that hasn't sold and i can't get any showings like how do i and i'm like yeah i'm not your guy right like again that's not our game our game is take the most attractive homes in a market in a reasonable price range, put them out online and then let people inquire. And then, and then I I think the last thing I'd say is you've got to expect that you're going to have to be a salesperson. Hmm. Like, because you're going to call people and they're going to go, yeah, I just want to know how much it was and where it is. You're like, Oh, awesome. Um, It's seven 99. It's on the West side. Okay, cool. Yeah. Thanks. That's out of my price range. Well, hold on a second. Like, I've got a couple other options. I'm going to text it. You know, you've got to be a salesperson. And so I I would say that's kind of the last thing I would tell people they've got to expect is it's not like people are just like clamoring. and, And by doing this, you're going to sell a million houses without even trying. All this is doing is giving good to great salespeople an opportunity to talk to people who have expressed at least curiosity.
1: For sure, and I, I do like that. You know, when I asked the question about like testing, how long would you know that work um, last? It sounds like it's immediate. It sounds like you know very quickly whether the market is accepting or rejecting, and so you can adjust quickly and therefore not waste a ton of money if you are paying attention.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're gonna know. For us, it's within a hundred dollars. Like once we've spent a hundred bucks, we just have metrics that's like if we're spending over. 15 dollars a lead meaning if if we've spent hundred dollars and we haven't gotten six or seven people that say, hey, you know like here's my information send me some details, then we know it's not going to work. And so like we pull the plug really early. Um, now, one issue we've ran into is we have almost 200,000 people in our database from a, a, a market size of two million. So like literally ten percent of the city of Las Vegas is in our is in our database. And so like it becomes harder and harder for us locally to generate new opportunities. But then obviously people who inquired four years ago are now re-inquiring. And so that they're already in our database, but it's, it's gives us the opportunity to, to reach out to someone who raises their hand. Um, but yeah, you don't, you don't have to burn through again. If I, if it was me and, and two buyers agents, my max budget per month on Facebook, maybe, be $400, $500 because like it's, we, I only need to feed a couple of people. We're currently spending 10 to $15,000 a month. So like, but, but we've got 70 mouths to feed.
1: And I actually think that's really great in comparison. There's um, a buddy of mine is all in on Zillow right now. Mm-hmm. He's in the, the Boise market and I just <laughs> talked to him and he's a solo agent and he spends $20,000 a month on just right. zillow so if you can build a business off of you know 400 bucks a month for you and two buyers agents that sounds pretty good to me and this the database comment that you meant you mentioned about having 10 percent of the city of vegas in your database actually segues perfectly into my next question which is so you're posting these ads and the inquiries are coming in are you are these dms are these comments how are you collecting info what does that look like
0: so anyone that comments on our post gets a DM from us, we're, we're, regardless what they say. It's all a robot. We do it through mini chat, M-A-N-Y-C-H-A-T. Um, so if somebody sees and they just, they tag their spouse, they're going to get a DM from us saying like, hey, we saw your comment on our post. Just want to make sure you got the information you were looking for. So we try to engage them that way. Um, there is like all of our ads will have a forced registration link where someone, we're with uh, Brevity. So if somebody clicks on our ad, it'll take them to basically a, uh, a paywall to see the property information. So if they enter their contact information, then, it, then all the property information is there. If they don't go through that route and they comment on the post, then they're going to get a DM from us. And when they respond to that DM, then we engage with them there. So like we kind of have multiple multiple capture opportunities. They can either DM our page themselves. They can click on the link in the ad copy. Or they can respond to a DM that we've sent them and and we're okay with any of the three.
1: Real quick, before we get back to the episode, two things I wanted to share. First, thank you so much for tuning in week after week. It really means the world to all of us. Second, we feel like we're just getting started. If you enjoy what we do here, please follow us on this app, share an episode, or give us a quick review. I promise we're working hard behind the scenes to make this show as good as possible now and into the future. Thanks guys, back to the show. Okay, gotcha. With the goal of collecting the, and, and that's a question actually, is the goal of collecting the contact information to move them out of the Facebook app communication and into Brivity?
0: For sure. Yeah. The goal is to get, the goal is like at its core, the goal of an open house is not to sell the house. It's for Bill and Sandy to walk in and for the real estate professional say, oh, Bill, Sandy, like, let me get your phone number and I'll text you some other properties. Like that's the whole goal of the open house is to establish that relationship. So our goal with this marketing and advertising is to say, like, we've got a, um, we've got a, a, a partner of ours. She closed 45 leads from Facebook uh, a year ago. So like our goal was just Bill and Sandy inquire, talk to Angie. <laughs> Angie then does her thing. You know, Jim and Sue inquire, give it to, to Bobby. You know, like that's just our, our entire process is, Bill and Sandy are interested in 123 Main Street, ready, set, go. And then we have a whole conversion training with our agents to try to help them maximize those opportunities. But like our entire program is opportunity creation. And really, I just want to touch on one point you brought up. So why does Zillow not work for a team like ours? Um, in Las Vegas, it's really hard to get an agent to work for less than 50% of the commission. If you run the math, Zillow's published conversion rate I believe is around 3.8%. So in order for us to to, to pay Zillow enough to, to give us enough leads to generate a closing at, at, at even 5% costs us roughly $7500. If the average commission in Las Vegas is $10,000 and we have to give our agent 5, then technically it costs us $2500. If we could say scrap that let's say we could we could generate a closing off of zillow for four thousand dollars so like your guy spending twenty thousand dollars a month let's say he's closing five deals from it that's four thousand dollars per closing if it was me as a solo agent closing those deals i could make that pencil because if my average commission is ten thousand and it costs me four thousand then like i'm still making six thousand dollars as a team leader the challenge with that is if you have to give an agent five thousand dollars for closing that deal and you have to have like toilet paper and copy machines and lights and everything to run your business. And it costs you $4,000 to do it. The thousand dollars in between is not enough to run the entire operation. So like, if somebody asked me, like, why are you doing what you're doing on social via, via a company like Zillow or homes.com or realtor.com? It's purely because in our market, we can't get agents to work for 30%. And at 50%, we don't make any money to keep the lights on. So like that from us I, I don't consider myself like a math geek but the math of that of, of running a Zillow team for me now I have friends in other markets that do it and they basically are on a 50/50 split after the Zillow flex fee of 35 or 40 percent the longevity of that program is a concern for me because it's like how long will an agent work for 30 percent and the um, nature of that relationship with Zillow if I build a team entirely contingent upon Zillow's Flex program. And Zillow comes to me and says, like, hey, the 35% is just not going to work for us. It's going to be 45% moving forward. What am I going to what am I going to say? So now all of a sudden the agent and I are splitting 55%. So now we're at 27.5 each and it just doesn't keep the lights on.
1: Yeah, it's so tough. And that's one part. Like I had a traditional team 50/50 splits for a while and that balance of finding, you know, the way to generate the business and also making sure the agents are paid and then oh yeah, there's Overhead for all of the the leverage, and like you said, the lights of the toilet paper, and it's just like you are adding it up, and you are like, wow, this is a work for my market. And I was in Fayetteville, right. North right. Carolina, which average sales price my first year was one hundred fifty five thousand yeah. dollars. So we're just yeah. like splitting pennies at that point, right? Right. Um, but for you, I am so curious. So at this point, we have the leads; they're interested, and hypothetically, we've gotten the contact information, and they're in brevity. So, mm-hmm. what is the sales process from there?
0: So we do like a 966, right? Like multiple touches a day until you get in touch with them. And then once you get in touch with them, you need to, you need to have, we really focus or at least try to focus on the why versus the what. So in 2023, I believe why someone is, is inquiring on properties is significantly more important question than what they're looking for. Um, Interest rates are terrible. Inventory is terrible. So like, why are you still looking? Like who's buying a home right now? So we really try to focus on our team, establishing that relationship based on the why. Zillow will never, never be able to beat us at that game. Realtor.com will never be able to beat us at that game. So like if an agent on our team gets off a call with a client, then we're very comfortable going to that agent saying like, hey, tell us about that client. And we don't want to hear, oh, they're looking to spend 700 in the south part of the valley. We want to hear, you know what? Turns out their kid's getting bullied at school. And they've got a really good interest rate on the home they're in right now. But frankly, it's not even about the money for them. They just got to get their kid into a better school area. So they're going to do whatever they have to do to make that happen. That's that's, who's, that's the agent that's going to win. So for us, that's a lot of our sales processes is around the why. What is a is an AI algorithm Zillow based question? The why is so much more important. so a lot of our a lot of our scripting, a lot of our dialogue with our clients is all around the why. Um we also try to maintain the relationship um, based on how it started, right? so i'm always I always find it unique to hear dating, marriage, and divorce stories, right? Because it's like met her at a bar, we would you know, like our whole relationship was like, Going out two or three times a week and getting hammered and whatever. And then like our marriage fell apart because she wouldn't go to church with me. And I'm like, okay, well, like your relationship wasn't built on that to begin with. So what makes you think you were ever going to get to that? And so we try to focus with our agents on saying like, Hey, listen, these clients didn't reach out to you because you're a veteran as much as we appreciate your service. They didn't reach out to you because you run the PTO. These clients reached out to you because they were curious about properties that were for sale. So you've got to keep that relationship going. So a lot of our text messages and emails are a lot based on the same principle that brought people in the first place. Like it's it's illogical to capture a shark and feed it like a puppy. Like if you capture a shark, you got to feed the shark. So for us, we, you know, if, if a client's uh, contact, um, like frequency is falling off, then we try to like re-engage them with the same type of text messages that brought them in into our Facebook ad. So it may be a, hey, I'm not sure if this is for you, but came across this amazing deal. We can get an interest rate buy down. You know, check out this pool. Who do you know that may be interested in something like this? So that text message will go out from my team hundreds of times a day to different potential buyers that aren't responding. Generally, we'll get like a 30 percent response rate to a text message like that, and so. Multiple contact attempts, focusing on the why, feeding the shark. Those are all like very common follow-up and conversion methods that we use.
1: A quick word on our toolbox, we know it can be overwhelming thinking about all of the systems you want to build into your business and that is why we ask guests to submit their favorite checklist, template, or tracker so you don't have to build from the ground up. Go to realestaterockstarsnetwork.com and click toolbox for your free access. Thanks so much could you um well first of all you mentioned 966 and just in case that's not a term familiar for everyone what is the 966
0: so n- nine attempts in the first 3 days um and and so a lot of the ways we break it up is like over a week you're going to have tried to call them 6 times you're going to try to text them 6 times so you got to mix up your um your cadence So one day you may text them, one day you may call them. Within the first week, you should have contacted, attempted about 12 times. If after 12 contacts, you don't get a response, you're unlikely to get a response. But the interesting thing, you mentioned Chris Smith when our pre-show conversation, Chris Smith wrote the conversion code, and he said that your likelihood of conversion in attempts nine through 12 is infinitely higher than on attempt number one. The reality is, though, most real estate agents don't even try number one, but they for sure don't get to twelve. So, with our agents, we make sure before they put somebody into a pond that they've tried to contact them at least twelve times.
1: Okay, makes sense. And um, also, before we before we hit record, we were talking a little bit about um, your you have a lead conversion coaching program. Is that correct?
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Okay. Can you tell us a little bit about what that? Looks like because I know everyone sitting there is like I want to convert more leads. Like, so (laughs) what is the?
0: (laughs) So, for years we would bring agents to our office and teach them our marketing program. Like, here's how you generate these leads on on Facebook. The two things that became frustrating to us was number one, no one would then go and do it. So they would pay us two thousand dollars to come to our office to learn our system, and then I'd see them go home and not do any of it. So that was frustrating. And then the second thing is if they did do any of it, they they didn't know how to actually convert them. So so for us, we we try to remove the friction by saying, if you want our company to, we will just generate the leads for you. And then if you're one of our lead generation clients, then we're gonna have weekly conversion calls to help you understand how to actually convert them. So it's it's not an overly complicated system. It's just one of those things, I'm a big who not how person. And every once in a while, somebody will talk about, you know, I was with my wife's uncle yesterday and he's going to go climb Mount Fuji. I'm like, dude, that's amazing. I want to climb Mount Fuji. But the reality is I don't want to ever put in the work to do it. And so we in the real estate industry are famous. Like I spoke at Inman two weeks ago and in the crowd was just people just taking feverish notes, you know? And I'm like, it's cool that you're taking notes, but A, you're probably never even going to read them. And B, you're probably never going to apply anything that you hear here. You're going to go back and do the exact same thing. You're going to go back and do the exact same thing that you you did in the past. So for us, we try to remove the friction by allowing people to just hire somebody, like uh, hire us, hire anybody. Like we would have people sit through our two-day class and go like, okay, so how do I now log into Facebook? I'm like, okay, you don't. <laughs> go get a uh, uh, kid, go get a friend, go get somebody who enjoys social media and just pay them to do it for you. Because if there's that kind of friction where you don't naturally do it yourself, you're never going to.
1: Yeah, that's so crushing, and I uh, so similar ish. I, I used to work with investors a lot, in my first starting out as a real estate agent, and then or or new agents, I'd be, they'd be like, "Hey, I want to know how you're doing, all the things that you're doing," and I would feverishly pour into them and tell them everything that I ever knew and learned, and then watch them do nothing with it time after time. And it was just so crushing to my heart and soul. Um, But it sounds, it's really cool that it sounds like instead of just being crushed by it, you're just presenting solutions. You're like, Hey, you know, if this piece of the puzzle is not something that you're going to do, we can do that for you. Do you guys also provide the lead conversion piece?
0: We don't like, as far as like ISAs or anything like that. Now we probably, we probably should. I so we toy around with the ISA program even in our own team, but I still believe the most effective thing that can happen is a hungry real estate agent gets to that client as soon as possible. And so we really try to teach the agents to do it. I'm just—we've had ISAs setting hundreds and hundreds of appointments, and it just never—that the handoff, the relationship—it, it's almost. Uh, I know that there are people who do it. We just have never been able to perfect that.
1: Okay. What are the what are some common mistakes that you see? Let's say that I am hungry and I am ready to take that first call that came in through Grivety or through the Facebook, you know, whatever. What are the mistakes that you see time and time again that the agents are making when trying to convert? Besides the one that we already talked about, Ooh. about the um, not what, but why?
0: Sure. Um, well, I think the number one mistake is, is they give up too easy. So I believe real estate agents need five things. Number one, they need inspiration. So they need somebody that inspires them. Number two, they need accountability. Most real estate agents don't want to be held accountable. But in order to really become your best self, you need some form of accountability. Number three, you need opportunity. So if, if you're with a team that provides you with leads, great. If you're going to generate them yourself, awesome. But you need opportunity. Well, then the next two are the least sexy, but most important. Number one, I think the biggest mistake people make is they're not consistent. Like they work, they get a couple of deals, and then they go on vacation for a few months, and then they have to come back and learn how to work again. But even if they are consistent, the other thing I would say is they are not persistent. And persistence is really important. We had an agent walk into our office, just say, hey, I... Like all of these leads suck. I'm, You know, like I, none of them want to talk to me, whatever. And so my business partner picked up the phone and started calling their leads right in front of them. And the second person they talked to said like, oh, you know, we were just curious about the price. And then that agent was like, see, I told you, you know. And, and my partner was like, well, let me ask you this, ma'am. What does just curious mean to you? And she was like, that's a great question. We're probably three or four months out from actually buying a home. And so, like. He was persistent. The other agent heard, oh, I was just curious, and it does what department store salespeople did and say, All right, well, thank you. I'm here for you if you ever need me. So I would say the number one mistake agents make is they're not consistent. But once they get a consistent workflow, the number two mistake they make is they're not persistent. Like they make their calls, but they're just hoping to get off the phone. It's at the first sign of resistance, they just like, oh, thank you. If you ever need me, like, you know, the best compliment I can receive is a referral to your friends and family as they're like hanging up the phone. So I think. If you're willing to be consistent, that's great. You must be persistent. Like You must be that person that pushes through rejection if you really want to build a career out of this thing.
1: How do you train that?
0: I don't know that you can, to be honest. I think to a salesperson, persistence comes relatively easy. To a customer service person, Even making the call in the first place feels like persistence. So to some degree, we don't try to diagnose it. We just let people come in. We train them the best we can. And then we see what they're able to do. And so it's like, I don't know that I could take a customer service. So this is a whole nother thing, but customer service people and salespeople look very similar. You may not be able to properly diagnose ahead of time which one they are. Customer, everybody loves the customers. Like someone will get into real estate and you're like, oh my gosh, Julie's going to crush it. Everybody loves Julie. Julie worked for a beverage distributor and everybody loved her and she was like the greatest and she's a legend, right? And then you put Julie in a sales environment and she really, really struggles because she's used to fulfilling customer needs from a service standpoint rather than understanding and fulfilling customer service or customer's needs from a sales standpoint. And so for us, we kind of just let people jump in and we try to correct as much as we can through accountability. And if they like, well, I've had agents show up at my office that I think are going to crush it and they're terrible. And I've had agents show up and I'm like, I don't know if they're going to make it. And they put three deals together in the first three weeks. And so I, I've kind of stopped pre-diagnosing it. We just try to correct as we can and let, let people see if they can turn, like if they can Create the sales environment for themselves that is going to allow them to reach their goals.
1: I've experienced the same. Back in the beginning, I would try to predict. I'd be like, "Oh," I'd get really excited, or I'd be like, "Meh." But now it's like I'm wrong all the time. There, <laughs> I have no. That's why I was asking you. It's like you know, how do you determine this? Because it's a great mystery to me. Um, I have a question about how persistence does it at all tie back to the accountability? And I guess with that, I I know there's like persistence in the moment, like trying to get that person to, but also like persistence, I guess, in a greater scale, or maybe that's consistency. But all that to say, what does your accountability process look like?
0: So we have, you know, daily follow-ups and check-ins. So our agents on an accountability metric have to kind of give us a heads up every day what they do. So if an agent's full-time all-in, they're going to get 40 opportunities a month. And for those opportunities, they have to be providing feedback on what they're actually doing. So like, it's a very simple calculator um, that'll tell you, if your goal is to do three deals a month, you must do have this many uh, property showings. In order to have this many property showings, you must have this many appointments. In order to have this many appointments, you must have this many conversations. In order to have this many conversations, you must make this many calls. So... There literally is a math equation behind it. What we expect is for them to give us the feedback on a daily basis. If their goal is three transactions, they may need to have 50 attempts and 10 conversations a day. So we just want to know how many attempts did you make and how many conversations did you have? So if somebody's goal is three transactions a month and they make 20 attempts and have four conversations, then it's obvious that they're not on track to to reach their goal. And so not that we freak out on them every day because they may be out showing properties or whatever, but we take a rolling average of two weeks. And if over the course of two weeks, they're not meeting that, then we'll just sit down with them and say, hey, listen, obviously this, this isn't for you working this way. Do we need to adjust your goal or are you going to adjust your effort? Um, it all starts with effort. And then as soon as we get somebody putting in the consistent effort, then it's easy for us to say, let's look at their account. Let's look at what they're saying. Let's look at you know the type of um, emails they're sending, the type of text messages they're sending, and then the last step would be let's listen to them, have a conversation, like hey, call a couple of your leads, let's sit down with you and hear what you're saying. If somebody is working consistently, and we can get them to be persistent, they will have success. If they're working consistently, we can't get them to be persistent, they're not going to succeed. And if they're if they're spotty consistency. But every time they show up, they're very persistent. They're going to have spotty uh, success. So it all comes down to matching their persistence and their consistency with their opportunity. And that'll be a pretty solid predictive indicator of their future success.
1: I really like how you essentially let them, you do a pre-screening without even telling them where it's like, hey, we're gonna give you these opportunities and this is the guidance. And if they do it, then at that point, once they've proven that they're there to show up, then you put in more effort where right. you look at their calls, listen to their calls, adjust and all that stuff. And I freaking love that. There was a time where I thought that everyone deserved the same amount of time and attention and that is just not the case. So I love that you have like a screening process within your accountability.
0: Yeah. It's important for us to, to give, so we always want to do, so it's the same thing with home sellers. We tell our agents the same thing we would tell a seller, which is we are going to do what we say we're going to do so that if it doesn't work, you can't look at us. So like when we hire an agent on our team, we're like, we're going to give you the opportunity. We're going to give you the training. We're going to give you the inspiration. We're going to give you the accountability. If you don't succeed, it's going to be your fault, not ours. And so it's just very important for us to maintain that because I never want somebody to come to me and say, like, you didn't do what you said you were going to do. If it doesn't work, it's because they didn't do what they said they're going to do.
1: So what does the future look like? You know, you guys, you have this booming team. You've been at it for a long time. You have the lead conversion coaching. Looking ahead the next five-ish years, what does that look like?
0: So we're going to get bigger into expansion. We're based in in Vegas. We're going to get we currently have a team in Utah, California, D.C., a couple different markets. Like, I would love to have expansion teams in 20 different metro markets. The lead generation side of it's very easy for us. And now we've, we've just partnered with Place. So the leadership side of it's going to be pretty solid for us. So we're looking down that um, path. We're really big on investment. Like my, my business partner, we'll do 150 investment properties this year. So we're, we're, getting, we're launching a training product for agents to say, listen, you have three opportunities a year to buy investment properties. You're probably handing them off to investors at best, or you're just like ignoring it because it's a crack house at worst. What, so we want to teach agents to say like, you're missing out on wealth creation by passing up these opportunities to purchase properties. So we want to get into helping agents look for and capitalize on investment opportunities. So we're you know that coaching program we're going to be launching in the next couple of months around creating income and, and creating wealth. So basically generating and closing leads, capitalizing on investment opportunities and creating more well-rounded career. like we don't treat real estate as a career. We treat it as a as a ATM machine. Well, yeah, a life or like an ATM machine. Like people are just like, I just want to make money. And it's like, well, after a while, just making money, it can't be the game. It has to be, how do I make money? And then how can I step away at some point? And it's, it's team creation does it. Investment properties do it. Like there has to be some thought behind it. So what we're really looking for is the avatar of that agent that's been in the game for five to 12 years. And they're like, I've made a ton of money and I don't have a lot to show for it. Or I'm struggling to make money in this new economy. Either way, uh, we're going to have a product to help them.
1: And if those agents are listening to this right now and want to reach out to you, where should they go?
0: Instagram. (laughs) Instagram. (laughs) Just at at Joe Herrera. Perfect.
1: Instagram at Joe Herrera. Okay. Awesome. Um, and then hypothetically, those people listening, they heard that you were just speaking at Inman a couple weeks ago, which is so cool. What other events are you either going to or speaking to this year that they might want to go to?
0: So, we've got a big, we're launching a virtual training company. So, I partnered with uh, Spring Benson and Amy Youngren. Spring, Spring's out of Utah, Amy's out of uh, Toronto, Canada. So, we've got an event September 6th. We've got a virtual training, Sharon Srivatsa speaking. Um, we've got a couple other big speakers, so it's free to the industry. If anybody wants to check that out, um, we're speaking down at built how, which has been Kenny's, um, conference in Scottsdale. And then we're always, there's lots of pop-up events. I was in Utah last week speaking. And so I generally try to make noise when I'm involved in something. We, we do two or three different things a month, either virtual or live. Um, so the easiest way to get information on that is just follow me on Instagram and you're probably going to get, it's like drinking from a fire hose.
1: Ah. Perfect. Love it. Um, I'm a big fan. So I you know, look you. at where you're at and go and stalk you and like everything <laughs> you do on Instagram. Um, <laughs> so what, Joe, what did we miss? Is any anything that you wanted to hit on that we didn't or words of wisdom?
0: No, I mean, the, the last thing I would say is the most relevant voice in real estate, I believe right now is Phil Jones. You and I were talking about that a little bit. The exactly what to say r- book and the principles taught in it are so essential, I think, for real estate practitioners these days. There's so much coaching around scripting, but there's so little content around principles. And like the principles in exactly what to say are so much more important than memorizing a script. So there's, there's little sequences like, hey, Shelby, do you know anyone that blankety blank? It's so easy to say no to that. Where if I'm like, hey, Shelby, who do you know that may want to blankety blank? That's a harder thing to say no to. And it's those little nuances of our our speech patterns that if real estate agents will study and apply, they're going to naturally go like, I'm getting more referrals, I'm closing more deals, I'm building more relationships. So the only thing, last recommendation I would make to people is go read exactly what to say, practice it with your team, practice it with your friends. Because blunt force trauma is no longer the game. That was the game two years ago when interest rates were 3%, it was like, hey, just talk to everybody, sell a bunch of houses. Right now, the game is, how do we make the most of every relationship we have? And I'm not aware of a better opportunity than Phil M. Jones's book, Exactly What to Say, because if we learn the principles of human communication at a really high level, we are going to win those relationships where other agents still in the blunt force trauma game are going to struggle.
1: I just ordered that book two days ago. So awesome. super excited for it to come in. Recently became a Phil Jones fangirl as well. So this this interview really came at a great time for me. Um, but guys, uh, listeners, if you want to hang out with Joe, go to Instagram at Joe Herrera. You will not regret it. He's freaking super cool. And if you want to hang out with me and the owner of the show, we are The Shelby Show and Erin Amuchasteghi on the gram. Please hit us with feedback. We constantly want to know how we can improve who you want us to talk to and what subject you want us to deep dive into. And guys, if you are an experienced investor and haven't heard, Aaron is hosting an event in Austin this September. For more information, go to his Instagram bio or InvestorDeepDive.com. And otherwise, that is it for today. Jay, Joe, man, oh my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Joe, thank you so much for coming on the show today.
0: Thank you for having me. It was great talking
1: to you. Likewise, and Real Estate Rockstars, thanks for listening.